September 11, 2001 marked a turning point for many Americans, perhaps even the world. In fact, you could say that there was life before 9-11 and life after. So many things were forever changed. But journalists who covered that day also experienced changes, and sometimes it came from unlikely places. Welcome to Reporting on 9-11, where we hear the emotional, true stories of local journalists who brought us news from the World Trade Center, the Pentagon, and Shanksville, Pennsylvania, two decades ago. I'm your host, David DeRoche. In this episode, we're going to learn how a simple laugh taught a young woman a lesson that would shape the rest of her professional life. On September 11th, Rebecca Baldwin wasn't yet a journalist. She hadn't even thought of it as a career. Instead, she was a 19-year-old college student working a series of temp jobs that took her to all kinds of businesses around her home in northern Ohio. She would answer phones or do data entry for a few days and then move on. One of those assignments was at Cleveland's NBC affiliate, WKYC. Her job was to sit at the reception desk and welcome visitors to the station. It was supposed to be a three-day assignment, September 10th, 11th, and 12th, 2001. My first day was pretty quiet. I made one friend. Um, I talked to the chief photographer. He was really nice. It was a very easy Monday. And then Tuesday morning came in. I thought it was going to be another easy day. We didn't have a lot of guests the day before. Not a lot went on. It was a typical morning news day. And so that morning, I was at the front desk. And then at some point during the morning show, I looked behind me. There was a television behind me. And I noticed the North Tower was on fire. And so everything kind of stopped then. At that point, NBC had gone into a special report. And we were tracking what was happening. A couple of people stopped by the front desk and we were watching together. And we saw the second tower get hit. And the first thought I had was, this is not an accident. This was on purpose. And more people started to come up and we were watching from the reception area. And we went into breaking news mode. And so people ran back to their desks. I would later in life find out what happens when we go into breaking news mode. But I was 19. I didn't know anything about television. I was just supposed to be answering phones. Those phones started ringing, one after the other. But the callers weren't all people worried about the attacks they were seeing live on TV. We started getting bomb threats. And so most of my morning was transferring bomb threats to the assignment desk because in a TV station, if you don't know where to transfer the phone call to, you transfer it to the assignment desk and let them figure it out. And I don't remember what they said. It was something akin to, there's a bomb in the building. There was a point where I told myself, if I take one more bomb threat, I might just have to walk out of here. <laughs> that nice chief photographer who I talked to the day before, at some point he parked his news vehicle in front of the station and then he comes running in, camera on his shoulder. And these guys, they don't travel in newsrooms with their cameras on their shoulders. I mean, your camera's on your shoulder because you're about to shoot video. And so he runs through and I told him, because he's the only person I know in 19... Second day at a TV station, I said, you know, we got a bomb threat. Do we evacuate the building? And I don't remember his name, but I will never forget his response because what he did was he didn't even pause moving. He kept moving at the same speed towards the newsroom. 
he just smiled and laughed at me and then continued walking into the newsroom. <laughs> and I would later have the same response to other people who asked me similar questions <laughs> in a newsroom because we go down with a ship. Between the bomb threats, Rebecca watched and listened to the news. All planes in American and Canadian airspace were grounded. The governments worried more flights could be taken over. And Rebecca worried that she would be trapped somewhere behind the reception desk if a bomb went off. So she walked toward the station's entrance, which looked south over the city, and suddenly something caught her eye. At that moment, as I'm looking out the window around 9.30, I see a plane fly east to west across the southern part of Cleveland. WKYC is located on the lake, but it's on the very eastern side of Cleveland, so the downtown buildings are not blocking it from the southern view. And when I saw this plane, there were no other planes in the sky. I knew all the other planes were supposed to be grounded. Nothing was supposed to be taken off. And my feeling at that point is, oh no, oh no, please don't hit Cleveland. Like, please don't hit one of our buildings. So I kind of waited for a moment to see if I heard anything, like any big sound. And then, and then I was like, no, maybe, you know, I'm just, I'm being overly paranoid. What would become clear over the next couple hours was that that was Flight 93 that took off from New Jersey and ended up in Pennsylvania. And so even 20 years later, knowing that I watched that plane cross across Cleveland and there was nothing anybody could do, it just speaks to how helpless we are in some of these situations so that even when we have the power, even when it feels like somebody should have been able to do something for those people, there was nothing anybody could do. All we could do was just watch it fly across the sky to its final destination. Despite all this, Rebecca went back to the station the next day to finish up her three-day temp assignment. And once again, the phones started ringing. Most of my phone calls on Wednesday were from senior citizens. And I took a lot of complaints that day. A lot of senior citizens were very angry because we were preempting all of the soap operas. And I took many, many, many phone calls. I remember these phone calls more specifically than I do the bomb threats because they were so angry. This one woman called me and she said, don't you understand that all some of these elderly people have are their stories? And so they kept calling them stories. And it just, it spoke to me because I felt for people who their sense of comfort was being preempted by our coverage, but our coverage was important, but their sense of comfort and security was also important. And this was back in a time where we didn't have internet streaming, we didn't have access to DVRs, we didn't have all the cable channels that we have now. So you couldn't just flip to another program if you really wanted to. We still were in an era where a lot of these folks really only had five, six, seven channels. So I really felt for them, but there was nothing we could do. So those were, I took a lot of those phone calls on Wednesday. And then that was my last day at WKYC. After finishing her degree in telecommunications, Rebecca started working behind the scenes at TV stations in Ohio and later Washington, DC. At first she did technical work, but after a few years, she decided that wasn't enough. She wanted to write and produce the news. So she got to work learning how to do it. She went on to hold producing and executive producing jobs at several news organizations around D.C. Rebecca says the one thing that stuck with her from 9-11 
is the idea of journalists going down with the ship. As she learned from the photographer in Cleveland who laughed at her, journalists stick around to cover the news no matter what. I've had to teach so many people that, okay, we only leave if you see fire or see smoke. That's the only two reasons why we evacuate. And so there was one day on the weekend, I had, I had worked 60 hours that week, and I think I was about to walk into another 60-hour week. And I'm in the feed room. I had already done two jobs that day because I do two jobs every time I work, apparently. And so I'm sitting there, and this fire alarm goes off. And it's going off for about an hour. And then the assignment desk phone's ringing off the hook. And there are some days where I help out. This was just not one of those days. And, and so I look out. The producer is gone. The assignment editor is gone. The web editor is gone. The three people tasked with answering the phone is gone. And it's ringing off the hook. So I know that it's either a news director or an EP calling. So at some point, I just get fed up because I realize the entire newsroom evacuated and, and I'm sitting here and I'm like, oh, God. And so I walk down the hallway. I pass the firefighters who tell me that all it was was a burst pipe that was connected to the sprinkler system. So that's why the fire alarm was going off. So I walk out there and I see about 20 people standing outside the double doors. And I look at them. And I open the door and I am not happy at this point. <laughs> and I told them, you all get back in here. We go down with this ship. <laughs> there is no reason for you to be standing out here. And the assignment editor tells me, well, I'm not going down with this ship. Like, you know, I'm not going to end up, you know, in a fire in the, for this place. And I said to her, I was like, you are in the wrong business. <laughs> And so, but it goes back to that moment where he, you know, laughed at me and walked through when I asked about the bomb threats. So looking back 20 years, what would today's Rebecca say to that naive 19-year-old? I would tell her that she did a good job staying and not leaving because we go down with the ship. I would tell her that, you know, in 20 years, you're going to be those people running around the newsroom and this is going to be your story. So pay attention to what they're doing. The me now knows the opportunity I missed out on because I just sat at the front desk doing my job. But there were periods of silence where no one called. There were moments where I took a lunch break and I should have been in that newsroom. I teach everyone that comes behind me that you spend your extra time learning from other people. If you have a lot of downtime, you're wasting your time. They need to take all of their downtime and be learning the next thing. Always be improving yourself. Always be moving forward. Don't sit there on your downtime. Don't sit there on the phone. Just be learning from everyone. Thank you for listening to Reporting on 9-11. This episode was reported, written, edited, and produced by Ben Bogardis, a journalism professor at Quinnipiac University, and hosted by me, David DeRoche. I am the director of community programming at the university. Special thanks for this episode go out to Rebecca Baldwin, Quinnipiac University's School of Communications, and the Quinnipiac University podcast studio where this episode was recorded. For more stories from journalists who covered 9-11, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And also be sure to check out the other shows produced here at the Quinnipiac University podcast studio by heading over to qu.edu slash podcast.